Welcome to Sounds Heal Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Brown, and thank you so much for joining me as we continue to explore the fields of sound healing, sound therapy, and generally the use of sound for health and wellness. Today, our guest is Ben Carroll, who is a former full-time touring musician and universal recording artist with album sales reaching hundreds of thousands. He really has a unique background and has now turned his focus, his passion, his career to the effect of sound and vibration on the body and mind. So this transition from rock star to sound healer is part of our conversation, the intuitive use of sound and how sound can really shift our awareness, strengthen our intuition, and really help us access higher dimensions of self. This podcast is sponsored by the Om Shop and Spa located in Sarasota, Florida. The Om Shop really can help you up-level your sound healing practice. In their showroom, they have the country's largest showroom of vibrational tools but they can also assist you. They have an online platform where you can see all their options, all the things that they have, and they can really help advise you if you're looking for something specific. So I thank the Ohm Shop and Spa for their support and sponsorship of this podcast. I also ask you, if you can, to please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. I would love for there to be an increased awareness of the archives of really amazing perspectives and conversations that this podcast has had over the past few years. So thank you, listeners, for your support as well. Please enjoy this episode with Ben Carroll. All right, thanks, Ben, so much for for joining us for this podcast. And I want to go to your background, um, the things that kind of uh, led you to perhaps your first career as a professional musician. Uh, How did you get into music? What was it like for you um, as a youngster getting into music? Um, Well, I don't think I was ever not into music. (laughs) It was something, it was pretty much the only thing that that called to me through, you know, consistently through my whole life. I... uh, I started as a kid playing, you know, different instruments in grade school. And then, you know, by the time I was 11 years old, I, I found the electric guitar um, and started started really getting into that, practicing a lot. And um, yeah, just, you know, the, it's a very long story, but long story short, you know, I, I just, you know, the society we live in tells us, you have to do something with your life to make money to you need a career so I was like all right I'm going to be a musician so I I followed the path of you know going to high school and I went to um, Berkeley College of Music and then um, after that started the band and was uh, very lucky that I was um, fairly successful with that band and yeah things things magically lined up yeah did you um, find it initially um, exciting to be in a band that became really successful or, and then 
Um, when did the challenges appear? I know road life and touring uh, is not easy. So maybe mention the rewards and the challenges of that part of your life. Of course, it was it was um, extremely rewarding to you know to be playing um, in a band that was successful, playing with all the bands that I grew up listening to, um, playing in front of thousands of people every night. It was exciting. Um, but you know, as as the years go on, well, it, it was exciting. But at the same time, growing up, I was um, I was somewhat of an introvert, so I went from being alone. 99% of the time to being surrounded by people 99% of the time living on a tour bus um, and all that's involved with that. So that was stressful in the beginning, but you know, you get, you get used to that and you, and you grow into personalities that are able to <laughs> deal with that. And then, you know, as time went on years of touring, it wears on you. It certainly does. It's uh, it's, it's uh, a difficult lifestyle. You know, we weren't, we weren't rolling around in private jets like like you too. <laughs> you know, we were uh, you know moderately successful, but not successful enough to live that lifestyle. Um, and you know, it, dealing with record labels, trying to dictate what you do, and we were on Universal Records, um, and dealing with just the exhaustion of touring. It you know it kind of after a while got a little bit disheartening. Um, I, kind of lost the sparkle that it once had so the band that I was in which was a band called Ra like the Egyptian sun god um, rock music we uh, went into uh, we decided to go into hiatus because at that time you know there was a lot of other things going on in the world um, that was around 2008-2009 when gas prices were really high uh, and we were spending all the money that we were generating on the road on the on the gas for the tour bus. So it just like, it stopped making sense all the way around at that point in time. So we kind of went to hiatus and didn't do anything else for, for a handful of years. We've released a couple albums since then, at least a couple. So was the, uh, you know, we're mentioning kind of that musical side, but did you find that you were quite intuitive and just naturally spiritual when you were young? And perhaps did that kind of get buried a bit when you were so busy with music or, you know, how did, how did that side of you develop and how early on do you remember that side of you? Um, I remember it very well and it was very early on and that is why I was attracted to music in the first place. You know, the whole writing songs and getting into that is the societal structure of it. But the reason why I was attracted to music and what I was doing before I was trying to write songs was when I was a kid, I have a very specific memory of, um, laying on a hammock in the sun and uh, listening to the droning of a plane, an airplane, I, you know, one of those, I, I grew up um, near Salisbury Beach in Massachusetts and, and there were airplanes that used to fly over my house all the time, dragging the signs behind them like they used to do with advertisements, they used to go along the beach. But I remember one day, you know, just laying in the sun on the hammock, listening to that droning sound and I just went into a really, really deep, space that was so relaxing and so comforting and and you know in retrospect that was the first time I ever achieved an altered state of consciousness through music and after that experience it just became something that I was trying to replicate I started sleeping with a fan on in my bedroom every night and I would you know kind of hum along um and I had always been musical my my first instrument was pots and pans to my mom's dismay and I kind of moved to bowls. So I, I guess I kind of went back to my roots. <laughs> um, 
And it was, it was always, first and foremost, it was the connection to the sound that brought me to that. But like I was saying, the structures of the society that we live in tell you that if you want to be a musician and be successful, you have to write songs, you have to get on the radio, and you have to do that. That is the way to success. <laughs> so that by the time I was in, in high school and going into college, that had become part of my focus. But I was still, you know, when I played for fun, when I was, you know, a, a teenager and in my early 20s, I wasn't playing songs. I would be creating sounds and kind of traveling on those sounds, working with a lot of drones and just doing that because that's what I like to do. The songs were what I, I did to try and be successful. <laughs> yeah, and you almost just kind of shifted the instruments that you drone with. Yeah, well, maybe mm -hmm. let's let's talk about, uh, well, maybe we'll come back to the drone, but let's talk about, I don't really want to call it a transition into uh, you know, sound healing, sound therapy, because it sounds like that's really always been part of your path and it, it just shifted how you were um, using it. Um, so after your, your band kind of took a hiatus, uh, where did you find yourself in your life and how did you lean more into kind of this transformative use of sound? Yeah, so um, when the band went into hiatus, I kind I uh, we were based out of New York City. I moved up to uh, Portland, Maine, um, Portland, Maine area to just kind of decompress for a little while. And I started um, in when I was younger. I was really into you know seeking out all different kinds of meta metaphysical information, um, but you know got away from that when I was living the, the crazy life of a, of a fairly successful musician, kind of, you know, got back into that, um, started. And at that time, you know, in the 90s, there was no Google and the internet was basically just AOL. So there wasn't a lot of information about around. But once, you know, once I started re-exploring, there was just a wealth of information about there. You, you know, you could access any book these days, you can access any book that you want instantaneously. And there's all these wonderful videos out there and just as many not so wonderful videos. You have to use your own discernment, but there's a wealth of information about there and, and, and people are seem to be interested in it because these videos are getting millions of views and it was, it was very eye-opening and refreshing. And I just kind of naturally moved back into that after, um, after coming off the road. Um, and, you know, from, from there, I, uh, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I stopped touring and then, all right, now I'm going to do sound healing. <laughs> it was, it was just kind of, um, an exploration. I started, um, just exploring metaphysical topics and reading books and meditating a lot, practicing Reiki, uh, getting out into the woods and just decompressing as much as I could from from that crazy lifestyle I'd been living. And um, I remember um, finding my way to my very first singing bowl event, my very first sound healing experience. And it was, and it was powerful, you know, because sound had always called to me and drones specifically had always called to me. Um, and I was instantly curious what it would be like to sing with singing bowls. Um, and I had already been on a pathway of kind of exploring sounds in different ways. At the same time, I was working with tuning forks and um, and doing hosting group toning and and different things like that. So it's uh, 
there was a lot going on. But yeah, I was, I was curious what it would be like to sing with the bulls after the first time I heard him. I was like, Gina, just personal curiosity. I wasn't like, I'm going to get some bowls and I'm going to sing for people. That was absolutely not what I wanted to do. Um, so it, it probably took a couple of years or so, but I did get a set of bowls. I bought one bowl and um, started singing with it. And, you know, in like two weeks, I had nine bowls because <laughs> it was a lot more fun to sing when you can change the actual harmonics that you're singing with. Um, and that just became my own personal practice. I would sing with the bowls um, and just travel on the sound just about every morning. It just, it was my own personal practice. I did that uh, from anywhere from 20 minutes to time would get away from me if I did not have anywhere to be. And, you know, hours would go by and I would be totally in, you know, not even be able to believe that three hours had gone by. And, you know, it was, it was powerful, but I, uh, I never, ever intended to uh, move into sound healing. And in fact, I had decided not to. <laughs> but then you did. Yeah, then you did. So, you know, what took you from kind of using um, that for your own expression, your own meditation, just kind of writing the sound with the bowls to deciding to especially work in front of groups with what mm. you do? Yeah. Well, um, friends knew I had the bowls and I had, you know, been offered when I was singing with the bowls at home, I, I, you know, I was offered sound healing events to go out and play the bowls for people. And I would do that. I would go out and play the bowls for people, but I would not, I would not sing. I didn't, I didn't do what I did at home. Um, and I, and, you know, I, I, I was, uh, I got those offers fairly regularly and I, I accepted some of them. <laughs> um, but I was still only, you know, just saving what I really enjoyed doing and just, I was just doing that for myself. Um, and at that time I was, I was doing a lot of spiritual exploration and I was lucky enough to be at a point where I was teaching guitar online and I was doing that two days a week and I made enough money to survive on that. So it gave me a lot of time to, uh, to just explore but um and i i spent years kind of just doing it for myself or kind of showing some friends but not doing it but in um it wasn't until 2016 that all of a sudden within a matter of a week or two almost no i think at one point all of my students dried up like instantly like it was it was you know and at that point i was very much you know into synchronicity and and just being open and aware of things that are happening. So I, I, I wasn't panicking, but I was like, I know something else is coming. Um, and I, you know, and I kept, of course, still getting offers to do singing, to, to, to do sound healing events. So I would do those. It, and by the time late, win, uh, late winter of 2017, you know, of, of early 2017 came around and I, I still pretty much had no work. Uh, I was living off you know, whatever money I had saved, I, I decided, all right, maybe I should try to do what I do in front of people, try to do what I do at home in front of people and, and see how that goes, which was on the one hand exciting, but on the other hand, mortifying. <laughs> um, so um, I, I decided to book three events uh, over the course of um, over the course of a handful of days, maybe three events in five days or something like that. I don't remember exactly. 
and uh, just to see how it went, because I knew if I did one and it was bumpy, I would never do it again. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try this. I'll do three to give it a give it a solid go. And um, all three events went really, really well, extremely well received. And through those events, I was offered one of the events I did was um, like a metaphysical fair where there were lots of vendors and and through those events, I got offered a bunch of other events and it actually really quickly steamrolled into what I was doing for a living. By the time summer was around, I, I had a pretty full schedule. It, it was very quick and it was, you know, very noticeably, I had already, having experienced the path of um, when things just start magical, magically aligning, which happened to me in the early 2000s when my band started to break, it was that same kind of energy where it was just it was easy to get the forward momentum. It was just there and there was not a lot of resistance. So I, it just, I, I knew <laughs> that that was the right path. So I, I um, allowed it to, to happen. The universe twisted my arm and, yeah. <laughs> and made me. Yeah. After resisting for years, I get that swift kick in the butt. Yep. That all, all led you to this. So, um, you know, uh, some practitioners work more with individuals and some with groups mm. or they have a balance. Um, and a lot of your work is group work. Why do you think you were so drawn to work with more of that kind of collective intentional work? I was drawn to that because um, with what I'm doing, I'm very called to work with group energy because um, having, you know, having had in the retrospective retrospect years of, of, examining what I've done, but also before I was even doing sound healing, I, I had been trained in, in group work, um, holding circles and stuff like that. And just the power of the energy of the group coming together, working with intentions, being able to um, take that amplification of the energy and a lot of amazing things can happen with that. You know, when you, when you come together and you focus your energy, energy together, hold an intention together, intention is everything, wonderful things can happen. Um, so I took that and I incorporated that into my sound healing events. That was that was what I was specifically called to do, and what I'm still specifically called to do, um, working with group energy. I've, I, I do some individual work here and there, and that is powerful as well, but not in the same way. It's it's not the same calling. Like it's a calling to do the group work. And uh, now it's so, such a part of your life. I mean, it's really full time. Mm. What were some early um, aha moments when you decided, okay, I'm going to go out, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this in front of people. What were some of those early like confirmations or feedbacks you got from people that made you realize, oh, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and this is helping people? Yeah, well, it was, it was just so well received. Um, people seemed to get quite a lot out of it. Um, you know, I heard amazing things that they had experienced and it was, it was just extraordinary. And also, you know, it, there was the, um, the financial side of it, which, you know, was what pushed me <laughs> into doing it. You know, it's, it's, it's a part of the world we live in. So we have to, we have to deal with it. And, you know, when, when you're successful at something, it becomes easier to to want to repeat it, especially if it becomes what you do for a living. But at the same time, finding the balance of not having it be all the way about that. But I've been so lucky in a lot of my life of doing things that I love, being able to do things that I love 
um, and do those things for, for a living. But it was the experiences that people shared and the way it was so well received and the way it grew so quickly. It was, um, it, it, it was powerful. And I did, I did not, I, I don't believe I started really posting anything online because I was, you know, I was resisting it the whole, the whole way. Uh, I don't think I really started posting any videos online until I don't know 2018 um and you know I started posting some videos and they would like instantly get like 10,000 views 100,000 views it was crazy like right out of the gate it was just like wow so I, I started trying to post more regularly and when I first started posting is when they were really crazy and then it then it died down a bit but it's but it's grown significantly over the years um and that has helped a lot um you know social media but yeah i was i was stubborn the whole way <laughs> yeah it's really interesting that the timing obviously for you it was such a transformational part of your life getting into this but actually just what 2018 until now what you know it's so needed at this mm. time in our lives why why do you think um just this mindful use of sound is so important for people to experience if they can just get in and experience uh, with the way that our society, our multitasking society is set up right now. You know, what, what do you think this is such an important uh, experience to, to have for people in our lives? I, I, I believe it's extremely important to find ways to attain, attain, um, ways to access states of consciousness that our societal structures close down because we're very um, goal-oriented, very motivated for work and getting things done. But, you know, that, that cuts off the creative side of the brain, the side of the brain that is open to intuition and um, open to receiving connection to higher information. I believe, I believe, you know, there's not just one way to do it, but sound is, it seems to be a very potent way to kind of shut down that part of your brain that's, that's, that's task oriented and getting to a place where you can get to a deep, relaxed state, allow all that stuff to let go. And another side effect is it just releases tension in the body and allows things to unwind. And that's where some of the healing comes from, but it's also directly connected hand in hand with the state of consciousness because our consciousness is so so powerful and we are at a point in time for for hundreds of years at least where we we don't really um put a lot of we don't really utilize our our state of consciousness um to the massive power that it truly is you know we can when we attain higher states of consciousness we can heal ourselves we can we can shape the world around us and when we do so together in groups and we come together intentionally facing maybe not necessarily the same direction but at least a similar direction energetically we can we can shift the world around us um and you know that's been there's there's really cool information out there about that like the meditation effect if you've ever read any information on that and uh things like the double slit experiment where it shows that we actually are you know we are actually kind of forming our reality on on a, on a quantum level and all that combined um I forgot the question now, but <laughs> what was the question? 
Yeah, I was just why you know why do you think this mindful use of of sound is oh so needed right. right now? I mean, you are answering it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I knew I was on the right track, but I just forgot what I was specifically heading towards. <laughs> um, excuse me. But um, I, I I feel like at this time there is an energetic shifting going on within our uh, with on our whole planet, and the, all these people are, you know many, many people are starting to remember the powers that we hold and starting to access greater amounts of intuitive information and remembering how to come into tune with that. And, um, and you know, sound is a, a very powerful way. One, I, I don't think it's the only way, but it's a very powerful way of being able to entrain ourselves into those states of consciousness. And I think that is so so important at this time with all that's going on there's all all the craziness in our society uh being able to set that down and just reconnect can help to pattern the world around us in ways that are far more coherent and cohesive and um doing it on a group level just amplifies it and makes it even more powerful right yeah i've often found that people have that have you know issues with meditation in general they just have a hard time shutting down once you introduce sound into it mm. as the point of focus um, a lot of people are able to really relax into it and to shift into it i'm curious uh, you know one thing you mentioned there uh, i'm curious about as a musician initially of course you went to berkeley college of music you really had your technique down uh, do you think it is more the intuitive side that just letting go the leaning into the sound is that kind of the main difference between being a performing musician and an intuitive um, kind of sound worker? What do you what do you feel is the switch that happened in you as how you approached music, your music? So what I what I believe is um, well the difference the main difference because you cannot deny that you go to a rock concert and. And you feel energy. It's very energetic, very powerful, but it's you. It's not. It's not really directed. It's kind of a chaotic energy, and it's like it's exciting, but it's it's very chaotic. And if you're empathic in any way, it can be really overwhelming. Um, the difference between that and moving into working with sound intentionally, um, one of the things, anyways, is just holding that intention, holding the space setting the container for that energy to be used in a specific way where it's more cohesive and creating a flow with that that is beneficial rather than just being able to feel the excitement but utilizing that in ways that you know can can do things like help the body to relax and heal and attain um attain different states of consciousness so that's really one of the main differences that i see a very a very probably the most important one at least in my mind at the moment And, um, you know, how do you think with your use of the drone from a young age, uh, I think drone is such a, a huge part of what's happening in this sound work. What do you think mm -hmm. it does for you in your intuitive abilities to just flow with the sound? But what do you think it also does to us as the experiencer? Uh, what, what's happening with the drone? Um, well, for me, I, I can only really speak on myself and, you know, speculate on on whatever's what what others might be experiencing but for me working working with drones um really shifts the mind my first experience with that the one that i was 
chasing for years afterwards afterwards was you know basically leaving this version of reality and 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 moving into something else i think people have been using sound drones specifically in that way for for millennia it's it's something that i I feel like is just our consciousness is attuned to probably from even before incarnation it's something you know the way that reality that physical reality is work is 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 built i think we have it completely backwards uh you know we're, we're kind of traditionally taught that there's physicality and consciousness arises out of physicality but there's a lot of information and things that are pointing towards the fact in my own personal beliefs which are just intuitive but that that it's the exact opposite <laughs> that that there's a, a consciousness and then physicality arises out of consciousness and then there, there's a vast array of that and we only have access to it tiny little sliver in our in our physical bodies um and um yeah i don't know if that answers the question because again i forget the question sorry no it, it does but <laughs> brings us into you know the sound work the drone this is all ancient i mean we're talking about thousands mm. of years ago and we're kind of in this time of remembering that and there's so much sound healing um, so many ways that people can get into it, perhaps like somebody just getting into the field, it could be a little mm. overwhelming, like even to know where to start. Um, so for people Absolutely. just diving into the field, um, what do you encourage them to do or, or to look into um, and explore? Yeah, so I get asked this a lot. A lot of people ask me, you know, what should I be doing? And what I really believe in my own personal journey is that follow your intuition and if you don't know what your intuition is just follow what excites you because that's one and the same you know i i i uh my own personal journey i was just following what excited me i had i had zero intention of doing it for a living but that doesn't mean you can't hold that intention that's there's nothing wrong with that um and just start going with what excites you my myself personally you know i i, I started singing in that kind of opened me up a bit when I, you know, in, uh, and that's kind of what reawakened my spiritual journey, just using my voice again. But then I started exploring sound in different ways, just because I was interested, you know, I was, I had spent so much time mastering the guitar, practicing, you know, eight hours a day throughout high school and college, sometimes more, just like, till I could barely use my arms and I had to go to physical therapy. Um, I got to the point where I was so sick of playing an instrument that you pick it up and it's all so ingrained into you that you just play the same things over and over again. So I, I started exploring sound in different ways um, and just started exploring how sound felt, working with tuning forks, put, putting them on my body, which is which is a great practice, a good way to just feel it. Um, but my my biggest advice is do not overthink it. Don't worry about the fact that you can't afford a $3,000 singing bowl set um or you know you need to be doing this or that it's not the case at all you know sound is vibration and vibration is all around us so you can you can do you use anything in in that way um but follow what excites you and do not judge yourself don't don't um don't worry about it and maybe you know if you're worried if you're I, I recommend just doing it for yourself to start. At least that's what worked for me. And then, you know, maybe trying it out on some people you trust 
which is also what I did. Um, and just, you know, seeing where it goes and being open, don't feel, don't try and hold on to one specific path, just follow where your intuition leads you. And that will open up a lot of doors and you may find yourself someplace completely unexpected, much like I did and be it, know that that was actually your soul's path and that's where you're supposed to go <laughs> in my case. Right, right. I love that actually. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Do it for yourself first. How does it make you feel? How does it shift mm -hmm. you and just build it as a personal practice? So before you even offer it to other people, it's, it's yeah. all. And the other side of the information can be potent for confirmation, you know, and I did, I bought a whole stack of sound healing books and I even read a couple and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, read a lot of stuff on the internet, but first and foremost, I always trusted my own intuition. That was just the deal with, I made with myself. And I, I tried not to rely on that. Like, like my, the, the first setting tuning forks that I got was a Sofeggio set, which is really common, the nine tuning fork set. And I decided not to read what each individual frequency was supposed to mean and just work with them um, and see what it meant to me. And it's easier to do that when you're working on yourself. When you're working with someone else, you feel like you have to explain it, um, which is way easier to do if you've been doing it on yourself for years and kind of found the pathway. Um, so that I, you know, it doesn't have to be one or the other, you know, there's a combination of both, but I think first and foremost, intuition is the most important thing on pretty much all aspects of life, not just that healing. Do you feel your intuition? So, you know, guitar has been a main tool for you and a lot of what you're using now uh, are the bowls. Do you feel that when you come back to the guitar, do you play it differently now? Are you able to play it like you do the crystal bowls or is that just a totally different tool for you because you had different experiences with that so are you using your guitar in, in this sound work at all i have used um i have used my guitar in uh in some of my albums um and not a whole lot on just the uh the freeform exploration exploration of sound that i do all the time uh, but I, I use it for layering in in albums um and you know, I mean, I, I did originally come from that space with with guitar. That's where I was originally working from. So it's it's still there, um, but it's 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 a different experience when you've spent thousands and thousands of hours mastering an instrument, and you know, you know, all your scale shapes and all your chords and all that. You can still set it down, but sometimes you know, you run back into your muscle memory and you find yourself playing the same things, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's why we practice so that we're able to do that. Um, but being able to set it down is also important. And, you know, it's just, it's easier to do that with an instrument that, that is, um, that you don't necessarily know how to play, um, or is just such a simple instrument that there's, you have to make your own applications with it like a singing bowl a singing bowl is a very very simple instrument it makes one note and um you can play it just a, a couple ways you can have it be a drone which is which is when you rub the uh the striker around the bowl or you can strike it and you have a nice bell sound so it's it's very limiting on on the one hand but it uh, oh, you know that's does not mean it's limiting at all because you can you can do so much with just that 
right gives you freedom and, and space mm. right well with your experience and kind of continued growth with all of this what what's most important to you right now to your, me yeah. right now um is continuing the work that i'm doing helping um there's a lot of uh denser energy that's coming to the surface collectively at this time um especially it's I've been talking about this for years, but it's really kicked into high gear over the past uh, two to three years. Um, so for me, it's important to keep continuing to help people to to release that, to take that denser energy that's coming up. And it's a good thing because we need, there's a lot of releasing that we need to do because there's been a lot of things that we've been subjected to that um, that have us entrained to lower states of frequency, but being able to just help people to come together, hold the intention to work together to release and transmute that stuff to be able to access the uh, the higher states of consciousness, which, you know, is one of the main things I see myself doing with the work that I do. Yeah, with, you know, helping people kind of transmute that and get more in touch with their their higher self. What, what projects are you, do you have right now? What are you starting to offer um, to help people tune more into that? Yeah, I, I, I do um, regular online events. Um, prior to 2020, I was strictly doing in-person events and I was doing, you know, eight to 12 a month, sometimes more and driving a lot all over the place. And it was, I was just exhausted. <laughs> um, and when 2020 hit, I kind of just seamlessly moved into starting to bring it online because I had already wanted to do it, but I was so busy, I never had the energy. So I, I started building the setup that I, I have now, which if you've seen my videos, um, you know, I kind of built it over the course of the past few years, um, mostly in the first, you know, mostly in, in 2020. And um, I, I switched to doing a lot of online events and those go really well. And it's different. The in-person events, I'm basically just working with bowls and uh, my voice and then, you know, I have solfeggio tubes that I use and some tincture symbols that I bring. Um, but, you know, I, it's, I can only do so many things at once. So usually it's just the bowls in my voice, which is wonderful. And that's how I started. But when I switched to working um, with sound online, I've been able to incorporate elements like binaural beats um, and uh, synth pads and um, drums, which are my own drums. Ah sampled <laughs> those drums i don't know which direction to go i can't get out of the way there we go those drums the drums you hear if you've been to one of my events or you just heard a video with the drums they're actually those that i sampled myself and same thing with the shakers i use but um but yeah with the online events i was able to start incorporating all different elements which is which was you know was and is fun and exciting because you can change out a lot of things and i do um i generally do a couple online events a month and I have not been doing a lot of in-person events, but I, uh, I'm planning on getting some booked um, at the top of the year. I decided that once, once we're through this year, um, I'll get back into doing in-person events a little bit more. Um, I, I recently moved from Portland, Maine. About five months ago, I moved from Portland, Maine to Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm, uh, I'm in a new area. But um, yeah, mostly, mostly that. And right now, at this point in time, running from November through January, I have a, a series of five events that are kind of all intertwined. But yeah, it's mostly just the sound work. And I've, I have a, a good amount of other things that are coming up in the background that are too much 
in, in the infancy to start talking about yet. And, you know, I, I also um, have studio recordings. I have a few albums out, which have done well, and I need to record a new one. My last one came out in October of 2019, so it's, it's, it's been three years now, and time, time just gets away. And that one did really well. It actually debuted at number six on the Billboard New Age charts, which was awesome. I can't, can't complain about that. And it still sells really well, but I have, I've been so busy with the online stuff and just life that I have not even really started a follow-up to that. So that's another thing. Always busy. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like it's all building up to maybe releasing some, some new material. Yeah. That's okay. awesome. Beautiful. Well, so I'll put, uh, you know, your website and your links in the show notes, but where's, where's the best people place for people to find out what's coming up next for you? My, my website has a portal to everything. Um, okay. My website is uh, innerselfsustained.com. But I'm pretty active on Instagram and YouTube and, and uh, a little Facebook a bit as well, but mostly Instagram and YouTube these yeah. days, social media. Yeah. 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 Your setup is be really beautiful. Um, so gosh, any kind of last, uh, words, last expressions that you'd like to leave us with? Sure. Yeah. And I guess this being a sound healing podcast, I guess what was, I was just instantly called the saying was, um, you know, anybody can do this. If you're called to do this, don't feel like, you know, like I, I was a Berkeley trained musician. So you have, you know, you have to have music knowledge or anything like that. That is absolutely not the case. There's so many people that are doing sound healing that don't really understand the mechanics of music and you do not need that. It's all about following your, intu following your intuition and um, finding your way into what works for you and just, just explore and do not judge yourself because you are perfectly capable and there's absolutely no reason you, you can't do this if you're called to it. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ben, for, for joining us and for sharing a bit of your story and also for really stepping authentically into your path. I'm really glad you did and keep up the, the beautiful work and how much you offer to others. It's much appreciated by all of us. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Sounds Heal Podcast, sponsored by the Ohm Shop and Spa. And keep up to date with what's coming up next at soundshealstudio.com. Check things out on Facebook at Sounds Heal Studio. And you can listen to all previous podcasts as well as music meditations on the YouTube channel at Sounds Heal Studio. Be well and stay tuned. <laughs>